Hey y'all, today I'm interviewing Evan from College Radio. Uh, we talk about how he, how he got involved in College Radio. Um, we share some Craigslist stories, and we even talk about some video games at the end of this uh, interview. Please enjoy, uh, like, subscribe, catch us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. And thank you for the support. Please enjoy this interview with Evan. Cool, cool. Um, well, thank you for joining, uh, first of all. I'm so been listening to to college radio so um really like the sound and it's oh, it's good. super nostalgic pop punky um sounding it is it's such a throwback yeah it really is how how'd you get involved um with college radio uh this one's pretty fun i was not actually there for the formation um i was looking for a uh, uh, like a Halloween show for my band Midnight Movie to get on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw College Radio was on a bill and I was like, ooh, College Radio is pretty good. We should try and open for them. So we got the gig opening for College Radio and we did our set and it was real fun and they did their set and it was real fun. And then like an uh, hour or two later, Gordon, the singer, came up to me. He's like, hey man, you ever think about being in another band? And I was like, are you talking about your band? And he's like, yeah what do you think man and i was just like super psyched right then and there i was like yeah absolutely dude yeah that that's badass he actually was the one who reached out to me to reach out to you so that's awesome that's what i figured when when i heard from you i texted him and i was like gordon you got anything to do with this buddy because he's like my agent at this point he pimps me out to everybody it's great (laughs) that's that's hilarious he uh he seemed like a really cool dude i'm actually gonna talk to him too like in another episode so that should be fun oh that'll be fun he's got a million and a half stories because he's been all over the world playing his bass yeah yeah i mean that i'm stoked for that but i'm definitely stoked to talk to you too so oh yeah Uh, yeah yeah yeah. when uh when did you know that music was going to be like a part of your life uh you know i was in school band and stuff like that uh from like middle school on but i didn't start getting into it until like high school and i just remember like you know playing air guitar on a hockey stick in my room and just thinking like my god being in a band is the the coolest possible thing a human being could be and i just all i wanted to do was be in a band and play music hell yeah uh what what's the first instrument you started uh, I started on the clarinet and uh, moved up to the bass clarinet, uh, oddly enough. But my first like rock and roll instrument uh, was the bass. My parents got me a, uh, a Squire P bass for Christmas. And I just instantly fell in love with it. Played it every single day. So it's... Nice. Uh, when you started like learning, like how did you practice? Did, are you self-taught? Did you go to lessons or anything? I'm totally self-taught on uh, on the bass and guitar and all that junk. Um, and so when I was learning, I didn't really do like, you know, the fundamentals and the scales and the theory and stuff. That's come much, much later. I really kind of underestimated how important that was. And I've kind of been boning up on that kind of stuff in the last few years. But initially, I would just learn songs it was the only thing i could think to do so i learned a ton of songs by that band cake you know yeah Yeah, they were like excellent for bass because it was you know kind of sardonic indie rock but with this really strong funk bass underneath 
Yeah, uh, what, what was like the the first cake song that you were just like super stoked to learn? Um, I can't remember because I know I really liked Short Skirt Long Jack. Oh, you know what it was? It was their cover of I Will Survive. Nice. I absolutely love that. And I'm sure I've annoyed a million sound guys because <laughs> I always sound check with that because it uses, you know, all the strings and it goes all over the place. So it's a good sound check song. But it just seems like you're a dick trying to show <laughs> off. But also, it's just the most fun to play. Yeah, for sure. That that's badass. How old were you uh, when you learned that? Uh, I was seventeen. Was there a Wait. yeah? What, was Cake like the band that made you want to play, or was there like any other bands that kind of made you want to play music? They they made me want to do it, and. Um, a really big watershed moment for me getting into music and wanting to play was uh, I got a couple of Bouncing Souls albums at Hopeless Romantic and Maniacal Laughter. And like those kind of cemented like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm into music. And like specifically, I was like, oh, the bass is so cool. And it's so powerful, like in Bouncing Souls he has that humongous bass tone, you know, it's, it's so clacky and so noisy and so great, you know, and that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to emulate. Yeah. Hell yeah. So you, uh, listen to like some kind of, I guess, punk kind of pop punk music. Um, when did you start like playing your own music or, or starting or joining a band? I played for a long time before I joined a band. I think I was like 21 before I got in one. I um, I had just been like screwing around on my bass in my dorm room in college for years, just playing all these like exercises I'd written that I thought sounded pretty cool. And then when I got out, I was like, oh, I should do something with these. So I called my friend John, who I'd always played with, and we just got together, the two of us, bass and drums, playing all this like weird aggressive punk that sounds kind of like uh, death from above or something like that and we did that for like 10 years that was pretty fun Dan, do you have a uh, you have music out for that yeah i uh, never got to to Bandcamp or to spotify but if you go on Bandcamp, you can look it up uh the band is photon pharaoh okay. and uh, it's got a mutated cougar on the front but on that, I will admit, on that album, I sing and play guitar, so it has nothing to do with bass. Which is totally fine. That's totally cool. <laughs> bass on it is absolutely fucking killer, though, like, to be fair. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, what, what, uh, what kind of gear are you using right now? Right now, I'm excited to brag because I recently upgraded. Uh, my old acoustic head just up and died one day. Very sad to see. But uh, I upgraded. I got a Galleon Kruger Goldline 500. Very good looking, very little, compact, super loud, uh, tone for days. This thing sounds like a monster. And uh, recently for my birthday, my girlfriend got me a Mexican 2013 Fender blacktop jazz bass. And the blacktop is kind of weird because instead of the jazz pickup, it's got a double split coil. So it's okay. kind of like a couple of P bases together, but that, it's, it's really fun. I, I never liked jazz bases growing up until I, 
actually played one. Gordon made me play his on a recording. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I got to sound like this. This is this is what I'm looking for. Yeah, man. And, uh, I run that on a uh, uh, SWR Goliath 3 410. And uh, sorry, I'm looking at my stuff right now. Uh, Ibanez LF7 Overdrive. Not sounds, to not ruin the magic for anyone. No, it sounds like it, it has a, a growl to it, for sure. Yeah. I I felt the same ways about Fenders. Like, I was really just like, no, nah, I don't really like Fender, just because they're kind of like the stereotypical bass. But yeah. um, I found, I found like, they made these players, players, Fender jazzes that had four jazz pickups in it. Jeez. And they were stacked, and uh, I played it, and I was like, "This is this is badass." <laughs> yeah, like you learn that it's the standard for a reason because they are just stellar. They sound so good through effects and stuff. Like I've, uh, it it hasn't been super intentional, but I've just only played Fenders my whole career. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, my primary bass right now is a Mexican, uh, just a five string jazz. Um, Ooh, yeah. Strange. Yeah, fancy. I uh, found it in a pawn shop, also. Or well, actually, it was like a, like a music store, like a local music store. But it was used, so it's my baby right now. Dude, nice, nice. Yeah. I I got mine on Craigslist. Not fun. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, Anna's could be sketchy, but most of the time it's all right. I mean, at least in my experience. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a little <laughs> bit of both. You want a little bit of sketch. You want to earn that instrument. You know? Yeah, yeah. Have you uh have you bought any other instruments off Craigslist? Um, I bought a um, I think I got my Les Paul Junior off there. I like that guy. It's got some intonation issues, but it's a little sweetheart. If you want to sound like Green Day, <laughs> and uh, I think I did buy a Epiphone EB Zero bass. Uh, it's cherry red. That one's real cute, but it sounds like crap. Yeah, I. I bought one of those too, and like, it didn't, it didn't make it long. Yeah, and it's just like what it's what it's able to do is so narrow, you know. It doesn't have a lot of applications. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I tried playing like down tune metal core with it. It was it was terrible. The strings got all floppy like corn. Yeah, yeah, real bad. Plus, it's got that terrible neck dive. Yeah. That too, and at that time I wasn't. Uh, I didn't know about like string gauges and stuff, so I just had the strings that came up with it, like super floppy. I just I remember it so. Terrible. Uh, we are not angling for an Epiphone sponsorship. Right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all right if you play Epiphone. That's cool. They make cool stuff, you know. Yeah, they're they're great. I I really enjoy my Epiphone guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll we'll stop. Um, Ragging on Epiphone basses. It's all good. Uh, So college radio, um, again, just like nostalgic pop punk, is that kind of what y'all are like listening to for the most part? Or or is that like, do you plan on evolving or just kind of seeing what happens? Or is that just Uh, what happened? We listen to a lot of old stuff. I know, uh, Gordon loves his Alkaline Trio. I am still just completely sold on NoFX in this day and age. Uh, 
And I know Taylor really loves his old stuff, loves his Hawthorne Heights. Like, we're still listening to current music. Like, uh, I got everyone really into pop when I joined the band, and that's been a hoot. Uh, what I, I was so proud. I saw some French magazine did a write-up on us, and they said we sounded like pup. It was just, oh, it made my heart so fall. But, like, it, it's supposed to be kind of a fusion of, you know, that, that old-timey, well, not old-timey, but, you yeah. know, like, 99 like blink 82 and stuff like that but also combining whatever current pop punk is like mgk or neck deep or what have you yeah yeah for sure um you can definitely definitely hear that um so like you're coming out with the christmas single i see yeah yeah on saturday that one comes out i'm not sure when this will come out but that comes out saturday december 5th and there will be a video for it uh, to follow. And uh, for anyone that doesn't follow the Instagram, get excited for the video. I accidentally lit myself on fire during that. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, but that might have made it in. I haven't seen the final cut yet. So keep your eyes peeled for that. It's called Warm Holidays. And uh, it, is, it is very, very fun. Uh, it is... I'm going to say unexpected and then people will understand that once it comes out. But uh, we had a lot of fun with it. It's really in the vein of like Blink-182 or if you listen to uh, Oi to the World, that Vandals Christmas album. Yeah. Yeah, that one comes out every year for me. But it it's at home in something like that. You know, it's it's fun and funny. All right. I, I have to ask how you lit yourself on fire. Oh, man, you're just going to have to watch the video and see. <laughs> All right, all right, fair enough. Um, so this inter- <laughs> interview probably be out after it, but I'm gonna definitely clip this and uh, we'll just I'll share it before your uh, video comes out and your song comes out. No worries. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool, cool. So, uh, what? How have y'all been um, jamming or like writing during this quarantine? So we've been doing like the social distance mask on jams and stuff like that. Luckily, we've got like a a big enough space that we're not all, you know, crammed together in somebody's somebody's closet or something like that. Like we've got a a good size spot so we can give each other some space, keep our masks up. Like we're we're really trying to keep each other safe because I think we are all uh, not, you know, working from home. We're all going out there. We're all uh, exposing ourselves, unfortunately. So we try and be as safe as possible, but we're also utilizing a lot of kind of sectionals and stuff like that. Like just a couple of us will get together and write some stuff. And uh, we've just been kind of sharing everything on this drive. So like if I write something, because I'll demo something out and I'll put it in the drive for everyone to learn. And then when they come to practice, we can use our time better because we all all know what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Sorry, we've just been very, very active. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's great to hear. Um, I'm definitely interested in hearing, like, how bands are staying active during this time. Um, so you're mentioning you, you write some stuff and you put in the drive. Like, are you primarily, are you, like, the main, like, songwriter for this band, or is it still, or is it just collaborative, or does everyone have, like, their own songs they kind of put together? Uh, I would say Gordon is the main songwriter, um but uh taylor collaborates a lot on everyone's songs taylor and mike kind of you know put their i mean not just like their twists on it but they they definitely do a fair amount 
but um, like Gordon will basically bring a song in, you know, 90, 95% of the way done. And the rest of us will kind of, you know, push it the rest of the way over and finish it. And I'll do the same thing. I'll, I'll put a song together on, you know, the drums and guitar and put it together and send it out to everyone. And then they'll just kind of, you know, push it over the goal line, like finish it up and make it, make it a college radio thing, you know, add the harmonies. Taylor always adds a bunch of really cool stuff that I never could have thought of. Yeah, that that's really cool. Um, what's, when you write a song, like what's your, your process or like, what's your mindset? Um, you know, I used to write all the music first before I ever would touch the lyrics. And then I found that I had a bunch of, uh, lyrics that didn't quite fit the music perfectly and stuff like that so lately um i will actually like start with the lyrics and just get something that sounds cool and compelling and i find that the it usually informs the music like the music will just kind of easily follow from there that's cool um do you like have a structure you like like intro like verse chorus verse kind of deal or is it or is it just like come natural you know i'm a huge sucker for intro verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus outro like <laughs> we've all been there yeah. uh but i i like to get weird with it i love to have you know time signature changes in the middle or you know a, a big two minute outro that really mixes it up or you know i i don't like to stick strictly to standard song structure like i know one i have now is like verse chorus verse bridge chorus like something you know yeah. we we try and keep it a little bit unexpected like the whole point of college radio is to be like familiar but still fresh right yeah that that's great um for lyrics like how do you write lyrics uh lately i just <laughs> uh i use the notes app on my phone while i'm walking around at work so uh people walk by and i'm just like muttering lyrics into my phone so i look like a crazy person um that, that works but i'll just kind of i guess i'll start with just like one line and it all kind of blooms out from there like with i used to get messed up obviously that started with uh I used to get messed up what do you know um but like on another song you just kind of have one moment in the song like one lyric and then it all just kind of naturally expands out from there yeah awesome uh, i'm that's really cool to hear that you're uh, not just playing bass like you're also doing guitars programming drums and sounds like lyrics all that stuff that's really cool um when like when did you like teach yourself how to do that uh, from like 18 on, I just got the, so that's fun with the drums. Uh, I told you, I started that band when I was like 21 with my buddy and originally it was he and I and a drummer, but then our drummer kind of flaked, you know, because he's a very in-demand drummer. <coughs> Sorry. So, you know, he never had time for us. So at a certain point I said, God damn it, I'm going to play the drums. I don't care. God damn it. We just have to play. So I, I bought a drum set on Craigslist, uh, which that one is a really fun story too. But I bought a drum set and I taught myself how to play drums. And like two months later, we were on stage doing our first show because I just like 
could not stand to not be on stage yet. It was driving me insane, so I had to do it. That, that's pretty wild. Um, so before you taught you, I guess, so you taught yourself drums and you went to, you were in band in school. Do you think that helped any, like with you learning drums or any instrument? Uh, I, I wish I could say it helped a lot, but <laughs> it really kind of didn't. I had a, I had a, some of my band directors were more passionate than others, but my last one in high school really kind of uh, made me not super excited about music. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it definitely helped with kind of some of the theory stuff later on. Like I did have a little bit of a basis and note names and stuff, you know, but uh, again, I had to kind of delve into that myself to get it to kind of an operational level. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so the the drum Craigslist story. Okay, so that <laughs> one's pretty fun. Uh, there's a drum set on Craigslist for like 150 bucks for like, you know, shells, hardware, cymbals, uh, snare, all the stuff. And I was like, that is a remarkably good deal for all this crap in good condition. And it turns out it, the kid's parents, the kid who owned the drums, his parents were like, okay, we'll buy you drums, but if you don't keep your grades up, we're taking them away from you. And so they're like, yeah, his grades slipped. He didn't get it together. So uh, they're yours, buddy. And they made him load the drums into my car. <laughs> wow. Stay in school, moron. Those drums look fun. Wow. Lucky for you. Cold as ice, dude. <laughs> yeah, super unfortunate. Yeah, wow. Well, my his loss, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you got a good drum set. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that that's wild. Yeah. Um, so uh, right now, um, how how are you getting, or how is college radio like going about getting their name out or your name out, like to new fans and to new people? Oh yeah, um, one of the biggest ways we've done that is we we just signed with Third String Records. So I used to get messed up, which just came out. That's on third string. That's our first release with them. So that's that's been really huge. And just kind of the inherent cachet of being on a label just makes you look better to everyone else you communicate with, you know. And just just I don't know, telling every single human being we've ever met or ever will met <laughs> about our band to check it out. Yeah. You know? And we've we've just like we're trying to stay really active because I know not everyone's able to. So we're kind of trying to break out by like, you know, releasing singles semi-regularly and just trying to put out content, 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 we're putting out music videos. The video for I used to get messed up is going to be dropping soon as well. It is super fun. Did you say you set on fire? As much as we can and push it out in front of people. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I always see a, I join like some pop punk groups on Facebook and I always see Gordon like posting your, your album there, like just telling everyone to listen. It, oh, it works. It works for sure. Is that the group where someone made a meme about him? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. Someone did that. One of the ones I'm in, I saw it. Uh, and I thought Gordon was going to be upset, but he was really excited about it. And he put it up on our <laughs> socials. Um, now I, I gotta look, I gotta look at that or look for that. Yeah. I don't know which one it was in. I think he told me he's in like 47 groups. So oh, man, <laughs> if you want to go mine through them, you can. 
Um, yeah, um, maybe I just look for like what he posted. <laughs> um, so, do you have any advice for bands who like are looking for a label? Like, how did y'all get involved with your record label? I actually am not sure who contacted who if they reached out first or if it was Gordon submitting to them. Um, I'm gonna guess maybe we got in touch with the label through Assuming We Survive, who I know is on third string because we've played with them uh, at the Croc. Uh, they're super wonderful guys, by the way. Um, but honestly, I feel bad. I don't know that one. Gordon will know the answer to that when you interview him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, uh, just like, in- advice for getting on a label is like, usually labels don't want to have to do all the buildup for you. Labels want a band with a little bit of groundswell so like, it, it's almost like saying labels want bands that don't need them, but like labels want to see that you've already gotten people excited just with your music, you know, before they take a chance and throw some money at you. So definitely like engage your fans a lot. Don't expect the label to do it for you. Like get to the level that they're going to want. That's sound advice. Yeah. Um, so how is uh, the music scene like in Washington or you're in Seattle now? Yeah. Yeah. In Seattle. It's, it's pretty good. Like, um, I mean, it's so weird to think, but earlier this year in January, I was playing at the Seattle pop punk fest and it was what four, three or four nights this year of just like a ton of really, really fantastic pop punk bands from Seattle, like choke the Pope. Dead bars, sicko. There's just so much talent here. It's a real bummer that we can't be out playing shows all, all the time. But it, like, I would say the scene is a little condensed right now. It's a little small, but it is it is very strong. Yeah. Um, I went to Seattle earlier, too, in January, actually. Uh, oh, yeah. it, was, it was, like, snowing, right? It was, like, really cold. It was, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome though. We really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I wish I would have known about that. That would have been cool to see some local music. Yeah, um, damn, it was a blast. Yeah. Uh, so right now, like, how how are the venues doing during this time? Because like for us, uh, we've had several like closed down like permanently and stuff. Like, are you are y'all experiencing the same thing? Um, none of them have like closed, closed. I mean, they're not hosting shows right now, but they haven't hard closed. They're, you know, uh, they're finding different ways to make money. I mean, some of them have GoFundMes and stuff for their staff and we try and pimp those out when we can. Some of them are selling merchandise and stuff. Um, a fair amount of them, uh, are pivoting to being like restaurants right now. Which is fine. Cause like, I, I know at some of the smaller venues we would get paid like, instead of drink tickets, you could get a hot dog and tater tots. And I really got a taste for that hot dog and tater tots. So now that shows aren't going, I will happily go and pay for it. And they're giving us that opportunity. That sounds amazing. I wish that we had that option. (laughs) Yeah. One thing they've been doing on the venues around town though, it's kind of freaking people out, uh, is they put up these huge signs on a couple of the larger venues in town. And it says, coming soon and it's got a picture of like a big apartment complex 
And then it says like, if we don't act now, and it's like a scare tactic because it's really common in Seattle. Like there's a ton of real estate development. So you'll always see like cool businesses getting closed down and you'll see these signs for like, Oh, new apartment building coming. And so, you know, you'll drive by your favorite venue and see what you think is one of those signs and you just get like shocked and terrified. So that's where we are now. There's like three or four of them have these huge banners on them where they're like, you better do some, or it's going to be more crappy condos. <laughs> uh, that That's pretty wild. I mean, that scare tactic, It hopefully it's working, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I've donated. And <laughs> yes. we're, we're doing what we can. And we've done some live streams, you know, as benefits for venues. Nice. Uh, what What can, like just a listener um do to help support like their local venues in your opinion or their local music scene for that yeah um the the number one and best way you can support us is with money um buy buy t-shirts buy cds and stuff you don't have to just give us money you can we'll sell you things uh same with the venues give to the the gofundme is the fundraising stuff buy their stuff. Just go, go get a drink. If you can go get a sandwich or something like just give what you can. And if you don't have the money, that's perfectly fine. Uh, signal boost, you know, repost stuff, talk to people about stuff. If you can't give to say El Corazon, tell someone else, be like, you know, El Corazon is in trouble. Give them $5 and maybe that person will, you know, share stuff as much as you can if you're not able to give. Or do both. That's better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, how how can people listen to college radio? Where can where can we find y'all? Yeah, we are on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, I feel like, I know we're on Bandcamp. I feel like we're on pretty much everything. Like when when you put something up, it's on like is Title still around? I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're probably on that. Uh, I, I got an email that they added our music to TikTok. So you can put our music over a TikTok of you doing something, some teenager stuff. Uh, not a hundred percent on the platform, but sure. Yeah, it, it works. If, um, man, if you can get like an influencer to use your music, like that's another way. That's what we, gotta get. we gotta get Belle Delphine going. <laughs> Playing, I used to get messed up. That's going to do it for us. Yeah, you're famous instantly. You're going to break out. Um, well, just since we're on that, have you heard of like platforms like Submit Hub or any anything like that? Yeah, Submit Hub is where like, isn't it where you put your music in and you can buy credits or not, and it'll submit it to like different review uh sites and stuff like that yeah you can send it to like labels um like sites or people to put like on playlists or you can now submit it to influencers really i did not know they added influencers yeah. i haven't i haven't used it but i've been tempted yeah yeah i i tried it for for the first time like a month ago or so um just one of my friends used it and you know, for like, you probably get like one except for every like four or five denials. And it's that, just like, it's pretty good ratio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least for that, we kind of put out like a nostalgic pop punk song too. So I'm hoping that it was like a good song and people liked it. But um, yeah. <laughs> but it it's pretty cool. And you get put on playlists and stuff. 
I was just curious to see if like y'all had used anything like that or I haven't, but again, and I hate to deflect in this way, <laughs> yeah. but that's a Gordon one. For sure, for sure. He's the captain of the ship. Yeah. No, that that's totally cool. Um, so where can people find out more about yourself? Any social media? Uh, me? Yeah. I'm on Facebook. Uh, my name is Evan Stewart. You'll know it's me because it has a picture of me. Uh, on Instagram, my name is Mountain Dew Bass Solo. Uh, because those two things are both awesome. And uh, I, I have a Twitter that I haven't used in like three years. And I think the name is uh, Flesh Pita. Okay. <laughs> Damn <But it>. Okay. <laughs> don't know that. <laughs> uh, is, do you have a Sailor Moon collection behind you? Oh, yes. That is uh, my girlfriend's Sailor Moon collection. Uh, this is just a small portion of it. Fun fact. Uh, it qualified to be in the county fair several years ago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. real cool. I don't I have wish any... to claim that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's badass. I have a small little like Ninja Turtles collection, nowhere near uh, county expectations, county fair expectations. <laughs> yeah, that's badass, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk. I really enjoyed this. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to keep listening to College Radio. I'm stoked to see you burn yourself. And, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and just have a good night, man. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, man. Have a good one. It's right. fun. Later. Later. I like your uh, your sweater. Oh, thank you. It's from uh, it's from Pax. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I haven't very, very been to one here, but um, they're pretty big over here, like in San Antonio and Austin. Oh yeah, dude. It's it's a super blast. I I mean, before this year, I I try and go like every year. Yeah. Oh, uh, what game did you play? We didn't do it this year. I don't know. Yeah, some reason. Uh, what what games you play? Uh, I'm doing Borderlands 3 again right now, but I'm super into, like, Doom and Fallout. Like, anything Bethesda. I just, I like shooting people and monsters. Okay. Cool. So how do you feel about Microsoft buying them? You know, honestly, <laughs> I, industry-wise, I don't think it's a great thing. But personally, it'll work out well for me because I play Xbox. Yeah. So, like, I can only benefit from this. But... <laughs> in terms of like the general world it's probably not for the best but the, the piece of crap in me is really excited to get to play <laughs> fallout 5 like a year early hell yeah i have xbox too so that that's awesome <laughs>